In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with the Cinda Network and Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leadership, thought leaders, and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, if you're listening to the show for the first time, let me tell you what this show is about. The show is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and also issues around business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, please, you can listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. But if you happen to miss us, don't worry, because you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or almost any major podcast platform. And when you listen to us, you're going to get great advice. You're going to hear leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your career. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And when you send me an email, let me know what you want to hear about because I'd love to get some feedback on future shows. But remember, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now on to what we're going to talk about today. I mean, all business planning begins and ends with the sales forecast. And sales is one of the hardest jobs in the world. And it just got harder. Now, not too many years ago, prospective buyers had somewhat limited access to buyer-related information and basically relied on salespeople to provide information they needed. And then the world changed. Buyers became more empowered. And all of a sudden, buyers became digitally savvy. They could communicate across multiple devices, and they had an access to a wealth of information. And a lot of them actually actively tried to avoid interacting with a salesperson until absolutely necessary. They preferred to educate themselves about a product or a service. Now, this hard job of sales actually even has a harder job within the sales organization. And that is the prospecting job of finding new customers. Now, you have these new empowered customers. You have the sales job, which got harder, and you have prospecting, which got harder. And just as salespeople began to adapt to all these newly empowered customers, the world changed again with the onset of COVID-19. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic 
struck at the very heart of every business. And we know the heart of every business is sales. And this resulted in sales leaders asking, how can I adapt my sales organization, not just from an organizational view, but from a process view? And this ba- this pandemic also changed sales forces. Many companies had their focus on holding on to existing customers. Uh, and the hardest job, prospecting, was kind of left aside. At the onset of the pandemic, new customer acquisitions were sometimes the last thing a business had on its mind. But now we're over six months into the pandemic and we have to get back to normal. This means not only servicing our existing customers, but also finding new ones. And this means a refocus on new sales. And today we're going to take a look at how you do that by making prospecting more effective and more successful. And our guest today is an expert in sales and an expert on new customer acquisition. Amy Empower Gregory is a co is a co-founder of Sales Transformation Now. She's been consulting in the area of sales, sales management and customer service and customer experience since 1998. Amy's area of expertise is providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market growth. Her strengths include working with sales, product marketing, and go-to-market designs and product training and sales training that communicates a message of value to the customer in an increasingly competitive market. She also works with organizations, helping them create and implement customer experience strategies and heighten the effectiveness of customer experience teams. Her history includes sales and sales training director positions at YP.com, Truvo, as well as consulting in over 20 countries with clients such as Google, AT&T, and Scout24. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kimberly. I'm certainly uh, honored to be here and chatting with you about this uh, very important topic. Yeah. So let's just kind of start on the on the um, on the high level. I mean, what happened to the whole sales process at the beginning since the beginning of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think we all saw that almost overnight everything went virtual. Um, you know, we had salespeople that were used to be in offices, used to be out, you know, visiting customers. And, you know, with obviously with the pandemic um, and the quarantines, the mandatory quarantines, um, pretty much everybody had to start to work out of their homes. And um, so we saw that virtual sales process happen really quickly. And um, so we had to, you know, people had to really be adaptable to that. Um, It was interesting because when you look at some of the data from Zoom and like Microsoft Teams, Zoom's daily activity was up 378% in March from the previous year. And Microsoft Teams had more than 44 or has more than 44 million daily users right now. And of course, that doesn't even include Skype or GoToMeeting or any of the other um, platforms. So, you know, it's, it's obvious that the sales process had to move into a virtual um, environment versus a face-to-face environment. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing I would say is that, um, you know, really we all kind of had to connect more with our customers on a personal level. Um, you know, we were going through um, a lot during that time. And so empathy was so key 
when salespeople were talking to their customers. Um, you know, I was looking actually at a report from McKinsey that said that 60% of people are concerned for their personal and familial family safety. Mm. 43% are concerned about keeping their job and their income. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, we have to kind of understand that when we are talking to our potential customers or even our current customers, um, that we need to connect more on a personal level at this, you know, in the sales process than we have in the past. Yeah. So do you think, do you think uh, you work with a lot of companies? Um, uh, do you think they were prepared for this or was at the beginning like a little bit of a panic? Oh, my gosh, what do I do with our sales organizations and processes? <laughs> well, you know, I don't really know if the world was prepared. prepared for this. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> so I really don't think that a lot of businesses had this type of emergency plan in place. Um, you know, they really had to rethink their whole business, their operating model, their products, their marketing. Um, and that's, I don't think businesses were really prepared to do that. And certainly not at the level um, that COVID-19 required. And, you know, they also had to look at their sales teams and how do they equip them? And, you know, so it was just everything from, you know, from A to Z that they had to look at to survive. And I think they still are. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, aside from the companies, um, any comment on customer behavior, because that kind of shifted also. Well, it did. Absolutely. I mean, we all saw (laughs) that we were at home and, you know, the only place we could go was even the grocery and didn't even want to do that. And so obviously online shopping and Amazon, um, you know, went through the roof and, you know, that was, that was something that we saw that really affected the local, you know, businesses Mm. so much because people were afraid to go out and shop local and the businesses were closed. Um, you know, so yeah, there was that same kind of shift to virtual, But I also, you know, wanted to talk as well about, you know, for B2B customers, um, you know, they really had to think about some of their products and services. You know, for example, ad agencies were super busy because companies needed to get out COVID messaging. And if they Mm -hmm. had new products, they had to get that messaging out. You know, so it was it was definitely a shift in not only business, but consumer um, processes and how they bought. Yeah. And, and within these processes with, with companies and how they, um, with, you know, how they organize their sales, um, you know, what did you see, what did you see in the sales organization shifts? Because I, I've, I've talked to a lot of businesses and I heard, you know, how they were, they were primarily um, focusing on existing customers rather than new customers. Uh, what what did, did you see shifts in organizations? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that a lot of uh, companies were making sure that they were servicing their existing customers and touching base with them um, to try to, you know, make sure that they didn't lose a lot of their uh, customer base. Um, I did see a lot of my clients looking for alternative ways to use their products to engage customers during COVID, you know, so they would have a product and they would, for example, put out messaging to their customers to say, okay, here's some ways that you can still use our product in a safe way. And you can Mm -hmm. communicate that to your target market. 
um, to try to still sell that or, or shift, you know, a little bit in the way the, the product is delivered. Um, so I did see a lot of that. Uh, interestingly enough, though, I had a client um, that wanted to spend a lot of time um, training their sales force on prospecting during this time mm-hmm. so that when they are, you know, when COVID settles down, they're fully equipped and ready to go. Um, I also have seen some companies reducing costs by putting low propensity customers into an automatic renewal mm-hmm. and moving more customers um, into their inside sales organization versus their outside. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what should to piggyback off what you just said on on the one company you had that was focusing on prospecting. So because, you know, hopefully there'll be a light at the end of the tunnel soon. Okay, and hopefully six months now into this, you know, the companies have retained their their largest customers. So, you know, why is learning to prospect so important, especially in this environment? Well, I think it's because, um, you know, really companies have lost business. Not all of them. Obviously, there's certain companies that you know, are, are thriving. Like I said, ad agencies are doing really well right now. Um, but, you know, there's other companies that are losing business because of this. Obviously, we know that. And so mm-hmm. they have to prospect um, to be able to survive. I mean, prospecting is more important now than ever. It's harder as well, because a lot of people, a lot of companies are in kind of a wait and see mode. So this client that I'm dealing with, you know, even though there's, um, they're finding some of their customer base saying their prospect customer base saying, Hey, you know, we're just not sure yet. And we're not ready to go forward with anything yet. At least they're putting themselves in that place of, Hey, but we're here when you're ready. And especially with longer sales cycle kind of products, Um, Mm -hmm. prospecting now is a really great idea because it sets you up for when COVID kind of calms down and these companies are ready to move forward with something. Mm -hmm. And obviously if you have a product or service, it's going to help them, you know, get through COVID better. They're more likely to want to talk to you, but you know, that's the difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and as you said, um, I mean, I think, you're right. Sometimes you, they need the prospecting now to survive, okay, um, because it's so important. But then also with a focus on down the road so that when we do get out of this, that, you know, they've got a line of leads coming in. Um, but I'm to, to come back to what you said on it's quite hard, um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want I want to talk about why it's hard and and how you can Mm -hmm. be successful in prospecting. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And um, for our audience, we are talking with Amy Impara Gregory, and she is the co-founder of Sales Transformations Now. She's been consulting in the area of sales, sales management and customer experience since 1998. Amy's area of expertise is providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market share. And you can reach out to her on her website at www.salestransformationnow.com. Now, Amy is also on LinkedIn, Amy Impara Gregory. And she also has a Facebook page called Sales Transformation Now. So please reach out to Amy and get some tips on 
Sales and Sales Training. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And in the month of September, October, and November, Cinda will be holding some great interactive sessions and also some webinars and publishing some market research on the European market during COVID. So please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It is possible to have the career you want. Those who know how to manage their careers advance more quickly and have more opportunities. Listen for Career Central with host Lorraine Beeman to discover how to be successful in your current job or move into a new one. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program welcome back to leadership beyond borders on voice america's business channel and today we're talking about sales the heart of every business. And we're talking to Amy Impara Gregory, and she's a co-founder of Sales Transformation Now. She's been working in the area of sales, sales management, and customer service, customer experience since 1998. Amy's area of expertise is providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market share growth. Now, before before the break, Amy, we kind of just took a took a high level look at, you know, what's happening, <laughs> you know, uh, what happened since COVID, what happened to sales. And um, we talked a little bit about, you know, companies trying to hold on to their existing companies, but you gave the example of, of a couple companies who are focusing on new customers and prospecting. And um, one of the things you said is prospecting is hard. Um, why is that, especially in the virtual world? Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask um, 100 salespeople uh, if they love to prospect, you might only get one that says yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think the really best, you know, the best salespeople know that it's it's just the necessary evil of your of your job. Um, And, you know, ultimately, the reason that 
most people don't like to prospect is because we feel like we're interrupting somebody, you know, like we are calling them and they're not expecting our call. And we know what it feels like when somebody calls us like a telemarketer Mm -hmm. and they interrupt us in our day or in our, during our dinner or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And we, you know, we just don't like to do that. It's not a good feeling. And so that's why, um, believe it or not, psychologically, that's why most people do not like to prospect. Mm. Um, reality is you've just got to kind of get past that and really focus more on the fact that, you know, you've got something that could potentially really help them and solve a problem for them or create an opportunity for them. And so that is worth an interruption. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, the very best kind of prospectors understand that and keep a focus on that. Um, The other thing is right now is obviously with COVID, a lot of business owners, you know, are really not in in a mode of wanting to talk to salespeople. They're just trying to figure out their own business right now. They're having to shift all of their operations or maybe their products you know, moving from selling t-shirts to selling masks or from selling shampoo and conditioner to selling sanitizer. So, you know, they're having to do major structural um, and operational shifts and they just are like, you know, kind of in survival mode and talking to salespeople, unless you've got something that's going to help them with their COVID strategy, um, they're just not in a place right now to want to do that. Um, so that's why it's even harder right now with COVID, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. Um, and certainly what we're going to talk about is some of the ways to, you know, make yourself more effective during, um, your prospecting. And just, just a a follow-up question on that. Um, you know, you you said like, you know, one person might say they like it. Um, when you're doing your sales training, do you find that, um, you know, some salespeople are better at it than others? Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. I think there's certainly some salespeople that just, you know, are are more kind of naturals. Um, and anybody that's done training or that's been in sales management has has certainly seen that. Um, it doesn't mean, though, that other people um, can't be coached to get mm-hmm. to the same level. But for some people, it just comes a little bit more naturally um, and they feel, again, more comfortable with interrupting people. It's kind of a personality thing um, versus others who really don't like to um, interrupt people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's certainly um, some people that are better at it. Yeah. And so how, how do you tell, you know, the difference, between, you know, um, you know, between the differentiate between, you know, somebody who's probably kind of an amateur at, at cold calling or, or, and a pro at cold calling, how can you tell the difference? Well, I think the people, um, the salespeople who are professional prospectors, um, they understand that, especially with what's happening with COVID networking is really more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best way, the best way during this time, and really even before this time, but more so now, is if you know someone who knows your prospect and you can try to get some sort of referral or at least, you know, talk about that connection, that is going to give you the very best chance to get a meeting. Um, so, you know, pro prospectors really analyze their network. They look for those connections. Um, you know, they do ask for referrals. You know, that's a big one. Um 
I was lo- actually looking at an article by Top Sales World that said that sales consultants that actively seek out and exploit referrals make four to five times more money than those who don't. Wow. And then a survey from Dale Carnegie said that 91% of customers say they'd be happy to give a referral, but only 11% of salespeople ask for them. Wow. So, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, there's just prospectors really take advantage of every single connection point that mm-hmm. they can. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that I see as well as really, really good sales prospectors kind of know that you've got to do your research. Mm-hmm. And when you do your research, if you can, and this is actually what we train because we were fortunate enough to um, test out different kind of prospecting techniques over a period of a year um, with a team. And we actually were able to kind of go out and test these, you know, these different prospecting techniques, come back together and say, hey, what worked, what didn't. And what we found was that when you can disturb complacency really quickly, and those are kind of our two key words, um, then you can sound different than a lot of the other salespeople that are prospecting and calling by asking questions that we call specific and significant questions. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really differentiate yourself at the beginning with those types of questions. It's but how do you come up with those questions? That's kind of the key. So, um, yeah, what, what would be like a specific or significant question, for example? So let's say I was doing research on, um, and I actually did <laughs> call on this customer um, that did window coverings, like for commercial buildings. Um, so if you think about, you know, really sunny locations, hotels and businesses, they actually put window coatings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like tenting windows. Um, and so, for example, if I did a lot of research on a particular window coating um, company, which I did, um, then I can find out some really interesting information about them. So here's an example. I might call Mr. Jones and say, um, hi, Mr. Jones. I was looking at your website. You know, I saw that you guys do commercial window coating. And, you know, I was really curious if your potential customers know that they can achieve a 33% energy savings with window coatings because, you know, I really didn't see that on your website. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here okay. I am, I'm disturbing yep. complacency, yep. but I'm also asking a specific and cause that's specific to his industry and his business and it's significant to him. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is it gets a yes. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. You know, people would be interested in that. And then I can follow up with something like, you know, I also saw that you're also using DuraCoat, which is the highest rated brand of coating, and is formulated in a world-class lab. And I was curious, do you think your potential customers would want to know about that? You know, so again, he can't really say no to that. I'm getting some yeses. These are specific. They're interesting to him, these questions. I don't sound like every other sales consultant that's calling Mm-hmm. You know, and then I can say, hey, are you in a position to kind of take on some more commercial jobs like hotels and offices? So I'm really honing in on certain types of projects mm-hmm. that he would want. Yeah. And then I can say, you know, I might have some ideas that could help you capture more of those jobs. But you know what? I'm not really sure if they're going to be a fit. So would it be OK if I ask a few questions to find out? 
Yeah, perfect. I mean, that that's great. And it, it shows how important the research is. And as a great example of a specific um, and significant, because you've also got engagement now. Okay? So you're in yeah. the conversation. And, and once you're in the conversation, it's, it's quite easy to keep the conversation going. But talking about conversations, I mean, that's a great example of calling. How do you find today the right balance of calling, email, text, um, and social when trying to get somebody's attention? Well, the first thing I would say is you don't want to use just one method. Um, the mixture of prospecting tools is what works best. Um, however, calling is still the most effective way of reaching a prospect. Um, but obviously, we don't want to call somebody like 20 times, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the average number of contacts um, when you look at the research to reach a prospect is anywhere from 12 to 20. But if you think about that, 12 is still a pretty big number. And I don't want to call somebody 12 times, right? Mm. So what you want to do is use all of those different methods between calling and email, text and social, um, events that you attend, you know, being a thought leader and putting out content, um, all of those things, that mixture is what the best prospectors do. And, and you said social. And I mean, and today, what, what do you mean by social selling, um, especially today in this virtual world? Yeah, so obviously, um, utilizing social media like mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, for both inbound and outbound prospecting. And what I mean by that is inbound prospecting is more, like I said, kind of generating content that people would, you know, be interested in and, and then they start to follow you. And then, you know, you get that connection. Um, outbound is obviously trying to reach people through social media. Um, you know, again, I find it so interesting about the people that prospect most effectively um, because 78% of sales consultants that use social selling outperform their peers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty impressive. But on the flip side of that, you don't want to just use social selling. You want to use that balance that we talked about. But the professional prospectors, as I call them, mm-hmm. um, you know, they do dedicate about 30 minutes a day um, just doing social selling. And do you think, is there one social channel better than another or is it depending on industry and and um you know whether it's b2b or b to you know the customer is a b2b or b2c what about the channels is there any one better than yeah. the other mm-hmm. i mean i think that it depends on you know you need to be where your target market is mm-hmm. so if your target market uses LinkedIn the most then that's where you need to put I mean you need to still use the others but you need to focus where your target market is and those um, and those different social media outlets so yeah um, I think that it's really important though to make sure that you're seen kind of across um, I will say though that Facebook for um, the most part for prospecting um, you know business, if you look at business owners and CEOs, they don't really want to be contacted on Facebook mm. um, because it's, you know, it's a more personal thing. It's where they want to, you know, be connecting with friends and family. Um, so definitely LinkedIn is is probably the number one platform for social media uh, or excuse me, social selling. 
Social selling, okay. Yeah, well, um, at least Facebook thinks they're still personal, so <laughs> they're trying not to be, but trying to put up there, yeah, so I don't know. Um, um, no, I think that that's, that's great advice. And um, the content, when just last question on, on social selling, you know, um, how effective it is if I put myself out there as an expert? Um, you know, uh, you know, blog content. Uh, how, does that help at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more that you, again, make sure that the content is relevant, mm-hmm. interesting, um, industry-related, business-related, um, target market-related, anything that's going to be interesting to your prospective customers. So, but yeah, posting, um, you know, on blogs, um, doing, um, going on to industry, social media groups, answering industry-related questions on question forums. Those are all great ways um, to build familiarity. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is, you know, get somebody familiar with our name um, uh-huh. so that when we call them, they'll have seen our name and hopefully have tied it to some valuable content. Mm-hmm. Super great. So we're we're gonna take Amy. We're gonna take another break, and when we get back, I want to talk about some tools. Okay, on some of the tools you use in prospecting, and then um, you know, kind of some tips on on how you go about you know finding your target market and finding your tar- target customer. Uh, so for our listeners, we are talking today to. Amy Empower Gregory, and she's the co-founder of Sales Transformation Now, and she's been consulting in the area of sales and sales management and customer experience since 1998. Amy's area of expertise is providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market share growth. And if you would like to reach out to Amy, and please do, go to her website at www.salestransformationnow.com. And Sales Transformation Now is also on Facebook. And Amy is on LinkedIn under Amy Empower Gregory. So please do reach out to her. And if you'd like to contact me with questions and comments, please send me questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, does legislative white papers, all focused on digital. So please go to www.cindo.org for more information. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It is possible to have the career you want. 
Those who know how to manage their careers advance more quickly and have more opportunities. Listen for Career Central with host Lorraine Beeman to discover how to be successful in your current job or move into a new one. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about sales. And sales certainly has changed a lot, especially this year since COVID. And we're talking with a sales expert. We're talking with Amy Impara Gregory, and she's the co-founder of Sales Transformation Now. And she has been consulting in the area of sales, sales management, and customer experience since 1998. And her areas of expertise are providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market growth. So, Amy, we've talked, um, you know, we kind of took a look at the whole environment today. And, um, you know, we we just talked about some approaches you're taking. And I'd like to talk a little bit about tools, okay? Um, so what what about tools? Are there tools available to help your efforts in prospecting? Yeah, um, absolutely. And there's, for example, um, Lead Fuse is uh, a really great prospecting list provider. Um, they not only give you the prospecting list, but the contact information and a lot of times direct numbers to um, your, you know, potential um, prospect contacts. So I like that one. Um, I also like Discoverly. Um, Discoverly um, works kind of, you know, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn don't really don't mm-hmm. really play well together. And um, so Discoverly really helps them connect. And what I mean by that is like on Gmail, it will help you see contacts, work info, if you have mutual connections and tweets, um, you know, for LinkedIn profiles, it'll help you see when you have mutual Facebook friends and tweets. And even on Facebook, Facebook, it would help you see LinkedIn information and mutual connections and tweets, same things kind of with Twitter. So it it helps you kind of, it says, hey, these are the people that are connected with people that you know, so that you can do use more of that referral technique that we talked about earlier. And that is discovery. And and what about um, because you work both in the U.S. and and in Europe? Um, mm-hmm. When you say sales leads lists, um, the legislative part of me says, "Oh my gosh, you know, are they qualified? Do they have permission? GDPR, that kind of thing." Yeah. Um, has any of this been, has any of these tools been affected by that? Um, you know, I would say that um, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I know when I was working with, with a, I know when I was working with a client um, in Germany, um, they were definitely um, being faced with, you know, having to figure out how to do some of what they do. 
um, with those kind of um, restrictions in place. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that it's very possible, but I do, I do know that Lead Fuse is, um, is, is, you know, one of the best prospecting tools in Europe. Um, so I would suggest that, you know, it would be worth checking it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, why are these tools so important when to use when you're prospecting? Is it time? Is it just accuracy, you know, targeting markets? Um, you know, how, how would you convince me, okay, go start to use lead fuse or discovery or something else? Well, I mean, yeah, certainly it's time, but you know, the big thing is with sales time is money. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know that. Um, the more, I can be in front of customers, whether it's virtually or in person, um, the more successful I will be. And so these tools really help you be more efficient so you can increase that amount of face time. Um, The other thing I would say is that they give you access to data and information that you wouldn't normally have. Like I would not know you know, with Discoverly to be able to show me who my connections are connected to. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know that on my own. And so that's very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Great. And do you have any tips about using these tools? You know, is there one way to use them more efficiently than the other? Yeah, I mean, what I would say and what I have found and the best salespeople I've worked with, they do a lot of just trial and error to find the best tools for them. A lot of these will give you free 30-day trials. So, you know, you got to look at this like it's your own business and the best Mm -hmm. prospectors kind of look at themselves as the CEO of their own company. Um, So, you know, it could be, um, you know, uh, Kimberly Lewis Inc. Um, Mm -hmm. But essentially they consider that, okay, this is my business. I'm responsible for it. I'm accountable for it. I need to find the tools that are going to help me be the most successful. So I need to assess those because honestly, it can be different for each person um, depending on how they set up their markets, work their markets. Um, and, you know, feel about different kind of ways that the, that the, maybe the information plays with their own CRM. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's ultimately about a return on investment on your sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's tools. And, um, you know, aside from tools, there are methods and techniques and you, you, uh, before the break, you said, talked a little bit about, you did a test on techniques. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, we were fortunate enough to um, have a group that, you know, a team that we we were able to kind of say, all right, this is what we're tasked with, is to find the best way to prospect and, and kind of open a call, um, get appointments, walk in, um, you know, prospecting, all of that. And so, you know, we had this opportunity to spend about a year and we would you know, kind of say, okay, let's all, let's look at this technique and, and let's go try that. And then we'd come back and say, well, that didn't work. You know, let's tweak this. Let's tweak it. Okay. Let's go back out and try that. And ultimately we got to a place where we felt like, okay, this is it. This is, we fine tuned this, this is working, but we decided, you know what, the only way we're going to really know if it works, if we take it to what we think is one of the hardest places to prospect in the world. 
And, you know, nothing against the fine people of New York, but um, <laughs> they're not known to be the most patient um, people in the world. Um, so we knew that if we could do it in New York City um, and it worked, that would probably work everywhere. Um, and so that's what we did. We took this technique and I kind of gave you an example of it. But, you know, in that example, there's a breakdown of a real process and um, we took it to New York City. And, you know, typically when you walk in the door in New York City, um, they'll they'll kind of look at you and go, what do you want? And, this, you, you know, then the next thing they say is, well, you got five seconds and four of them are already up. You mm-hmm. know, so, <laughs> you know, you really you got to find a way to, to disturb that complacency pretty quickly. Um, and we did find that this process was the most effective. Now, is it actually know what the study showed was that if you do this process the way that, you know, we um, devised it and now that we train it, um, 90% of the time you will be able to get into a needs analysis, which is ultimately what you want to be able to do in the sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, there's no silver bullets out there, but we, what we did is had a great opportunity to really do the research to find out what worked most effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and can you, can you share with us maybe a couple elements of that? Uh, was that what we yeah, talked so about like before? I said, the it's, yeah. yeah, it mm-hmm. starts with the research. It starts mm-hmm. with, um, you know, really understanding the business, really looking for industry trends, um, really looking at what's happening in the marketplace that would be interesting um, to that prospect. And so, you know, in the one example that I gave you, um, I talked about um, the 33% energy savings, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it was so interesting because I found that on the Duracoat brand website, mm-hmm. but it wasn't on the customer's website yeah. who was selling the coating, the window coating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that to me was like an aha, like, why are they yeah. not telling people this? Um, yeah. You know, same thing about Duracoat. Why did they choose Duracoat? Um, mm-hmm. So these are things that would disturb complacency, get them interested. And if I can say, look, I might have some ideas to help you get more hotels which I know in his market, that's what he's really going after. Um, Again, I'm just hitting kind of, I'm triggering all of these things to disturb complacency to say, you know, will he allow me now to ask some more questions? Mm -hmm. So that's That's, kind of the process. It starts with the research. You come up with two specific and significant questions that you're hoping to get a yes Mm-hmm. Yes, is psychologically help people move the move that move forward. The conversation forward, and then you tell them you might have some ideas to help them get more of that, and but you don't know. So can you ask a couple questions? Mm-hmm. And that Great. is the process. That's Sounds pretty <laughs> simple, but honestly, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine it's probably pretty hard. And just um, a quick question on organizations. I mean, how, how important is to make sure you have your sales organization correct? I mean, you know, do you find that everybody sells everything or some people uh, sell, um, you know, do prospecting and others don't do prospecting? What about the organization? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the organization, you know, it's really important to be able to identify the salespeople. Um, that are more natural prospectors and um, that have success with that, especially during this time. Like I have a client right now that 
um, has identified the salespeople that are, you know, really good at prospecting. They've shown success and especially using this technique that, um, that I was just talking about. And so they are putting them in more of that prospecting mode and putting their other sellers that are good at, you know, retention and customer relationships in that mode for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely seeing um, organizations do that. But I would also say it's super important that the salespeople are really organized about how they prospect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, the best salespeople um, that I see that do prospecting are really, uh, they understand that um, you got to be obsessive about it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably the key word is you have to be obsessive. You can just never take your foot off of the gas. Mm-hmm. And what they do really well is they'll do call blocks, for example. And this is what we train as well, which is, you know, really focus. We think we can multitask, but in reality, we, we can't. So you got to yeah. really say, OK, I'm going to take the next hour and all I'm going to do is prospect. I'm going to turn off yeah. my phone. I'm not going to look at my email. Um, I'm going to do a call block. And that's one really good example of how they should be organizing their time. There's a bunch of others, of course. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And um, I can't believe it's gone by so fast. We're getting towards the end of our show now. And um, I'd like to kind of wrap this up with um, a couple, you know, if you had one message to the managers, okay, the sales managers out there um, Mm -hmm. about being effective in prospecting during these times, what would that be? Um, Well, I always go back to coaching because honestly, Mm -hmm. um, coaching is the number one job for managers is to help develop their people. Um, But I would also say, know your numbers, and make sure your salespeople know their numbers. Like how many prospecting calls do they need to be doing? You know, so you got to back, and, and most sales managers know this, you got to back it up from, you know, what you want the results to be back to how many calls you need to make. And of course, making sure that they have really good prospecting lists. I mean, that is key. And then I would think I, the last thing I would say is give your people the resources. Don't, you know, don't expect them or don't, Ask them to pay for, you know, subscriptions to Discoverly or Leadsies or whatever. Give them the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give them any excuses not to succeed. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And then one message to the salespeople that are out there listening to this: uh, What would what would be your kind of um, consolidated tip on on being great in prospecting? Yeah, I would say it's differentiate yourself from all the others. I mean, these these owners and these CEOs are getting so many prospecting mm-hmm. calls. You've got to differentiate yourself. Don't call and do a product dump. Do the research. Come up with the specific and significant questions that are going to disturb their complacency and get them to want to talk to you. That is the key. Be different. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, Amy, this has been great. And um, for our listeners, we have been talking to Amy Empara Gregory, and she is the co-founder of Sales Transformation Now. And she has been consulting in the area of sales, sales management, and customer service since 1998. Now, Amy's area of expertise, as you've heard today, 
is one of her areas is prospecting, but her area of expertise is providing value-based strategies designed to maximize revenue and market share growth. Now, I urge you to go to Amy's website under www.salestransformationnow.com, and they also have a Facebook page, and that is under Sales Transformation Now. And you can reach out to Amy also on LinkedIn, and that's under Amy Empara Gregory. So please reach out to Amy. So Amy, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kimberly. And uh, I'll just say happy prospecting to everybody listening. (laughs) A great ending. That's true. Okay. And to listeners, please contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Now, Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative papers, all focused on digital and local search. So if you'd like to have more information on Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org and look at some of Cinda's sessions in September, October, and November. There are some great sessions that are going to be available on the Cinda website. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Global Business Therapy, and Global Business Therapy provides leadership training, leadership assessment, systemic team coaching, and they have the Women's Leadership Academy. Now, to learn more about Global Business Therapy, you can go online to www.globalbusinesstherapy.com. And please do not forget to follow us on, on um, Twitter, Facebook, and tune in to each week at 3 o'clock specific time. And if you happen to miss a show, then don't worry. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Every major podcast platform has Leadership Beyond Borders. And with that... I'm signing out and please tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Have a great week.